You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, July 14th. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or more recently, Just Baseball. Or maybe if pop culture entertainment is, maybe maybe that's more down your lane by any chance, you could find my work at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse Play, Disgusting Film Credit, and more, and many more to come. Got a piece dropping for Inverse actually tomorrow about my 50 favorite video game weapons of all time. It's a fun one. It's a fun one. A lot of meme choices in there for all my gaming heads out there. Uh, but most importantly, guys, of this year, Lockdown Padres podcast, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno. And that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, only, 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 if you feel so inclined, you can check me out on their I have those two accounts. Ask me any questions, have any comments, concerns, hit me up on there. Love interacting with you guys. Doing been doing that especially a lot more recently. And uh, you might even make it onto the show. That's right. Shout out my guy uh movie fan Z. Or I'm sorry, movie Z fan eighty nine, Zachary Shelton, who sent me a picture of his uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Funko Pop that looked rad that I retweeted on the Locked On Padres account. Um so yeah, shout out to the it's it's always really fun uh, hanging out with you guys and and talking on there. It's like this little communal thing, the old bird app. It may be bad a lot of times, and it may be a cursed place, a cursed realm, dare I say, but every now and then it has some good uses for it. Uh, today's episode, guys, is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our many locked on rooms for not just baseball, but also the NBA goes on there, MLB, or not MLB, the, the NFL goes on there every now and then, but you know, just, just, just check us out on there. I'll probably be doing a room this week for sure, just don't know when exactly. Uh, and for today's episode, guys, going to be talking a bit about last night's All-Star game, which was... Really fun. It's the first time I'll be talking about an all-star game, basically, on this podcast. Uh, you know, yesterday was the first time I talked about a home run derby on this podcast because, as you guys may have heard, we did not have them last year. So it was kind of this weird welcome back kind of feeling I had. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit and then going to be talking a little bit about the sad moments that have happened, that have transpired over the course of this Padre season so far. Yesterday, we did all the fun stuff. My favorite mom- moments uh, got really sentimental about the whole, uh, you know, Tatis's game-tying home run against. Houston. Uh, so go listen to that episode if you guys want. But in all honesty, not too many sad moments in my opinion. But still, I feel like we need to bring, bring them up. But uh, yeah, guys, let's get into it. Not too much of a meaty episode today, of course. As always, as you guys know, I end up talking for more time than I claim that I'm going to be talking. Uh, last night's All-Star game. It was uh, really, really fun. Uh, the National League lost, unfortunately. Uh, the American League won by a score of 5-2. to two. And let me just sell- tell you something, man. Oh my gosh. This thing is uh, ridiculous, uh, this All-Star game. And what I mean by ridiculous is that the National League loses every time. Since the year I was born, 1996, the National League has only won the All-Star game four times. That's right, four times. We're in the year 2021. 
just in case anyone has forgotten. The American League has won now eight consecutive years in a row, I believe it is. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, or seven. Yeah, eight. Eight years in a row now they've won. Uh, I don't know what the heck is going on. It's very weird that all of a sudden the National League is just terrible. Now, some people have theories on this. Is it that their pitching gets overrated because they face a uh, a pitcher every ninth batter and they can also work around the number eight hitter too, especially in those circumstances? So maybe it inflates their stats a little bit? Maybe. Maybe it is. But we often look at all this this great stuff and then all of a sudden you, you have the go up against American League pitching. Maybe American League pitching is better. I don't know. I just think that it's, it's a little bit too many times. Like I said, guys, since 1996, only four times. Uh, it's a little bit too much for me to think it's a total coincidence it could be it could be but i'm just saying that's pretty uh that's a pretty wild fact um but in this game you know uh the big highlights of the game coming from uh not padres related guys although manny machado did get uh did score after hitting a double he ends up scoring thanks to a a passed ball against juan soto um which is very nice but the bigger highlights of the game coming from mr mike zunino who homer is deep to right field, uh, making the score 5-1 at that point. JT Ruamuto, one of the only two runs that scores, uh, he hits a pretty nice uh, home run to basically deep center field. So, shout to JT Ruamuto having a quiet season, it feels like. But that's mostly just to do with the fact that the Phillies haven't been very good. Uh, he's slashing 268 with a 370 on base this year. That's really, really good with eight homers, which isn't too much power numbers for sure. But even still, like that's that's pretty good. JT Ruamuto has... I still think the best catcher in baseball. Like, I, I really do. And don't get me wrong. Victor Caratini in Puerto Rican power. I love the man. I love the man. But JT Roberto is better. Uh, he just is. And so far, at least in his first year of the contract, he's been very, very good as an offensive catcher. And he's also quite good uh, defensively. So shout out to JT Ruamuto. That was a nice moment for him that I imagine is one of the few good moments maybe that has happened for Philadelphia fans this year. <laughs> in all sports, by the way. In all sports. <laughs> um, but uh, that was really fun to see. But the biggest hit of the night definitely comes from Vladdy Jr. in the top of the third inning to deep left center. It was funny seeing Nando's reaction in the infield going, oh, no putting his hands on his head. He said, oh, dear. <laughs> he said, oh, he crushed it. Uh, definitely the highlight of the game. He absolutely hit that one to the Starship Enterprise. He hit that one all the way to Planet Arrakis. He hit that one into the Chomp Chomp Badonkadonk Galaxy from Super Mario Galaxy, whatever the heck. Uh, he, he absolutely crushed it. It was fun. Look, Vlad Jr., Ronald Acuna Jr., Fernando Tatis Jr., obviously a bunch of juniors in the league right now. I imagine that hasn't been lost on anybody. This isn't breaking news. Uh, but it's really... If my biggest impression from the All-Star game last night, because, you know, don't get me wrong, it was nice seeing Otani versus Tatis. Tatis clearly wanted to hit it. Like, he actually, he got, like, visibly upset with himself. You could see him being like, damn, like, he wanted that All-Star MVP. He wanted to make up for the fact, I think, that he wasn't able to participate in the Home Run Derby. He clearly was just, he was ready. He's like, I'm, I'm taking this. And honestly, it was a pretty good pitch by Otani. Uh, the first time when they ended up facing each other, which was, in my opinion, the thing that I just had my eyes glued to the TV the most out of any moment that night. Um, he clearly, It was a pitch that would have been really hard to take out of the park. Don't get me wrong. I know he did that against Bauer early uh, early on in the year, a low pitch uh, kind of outside and away, and he somehow hit that as a home run. But uh, even still, it was a pretty good pitch by Otani that it would have taken a lot. But he just missed it. So shout out to Tatis. Um, my biggest impression in general from the All-Star game last night was that and I know this isn't like a unique take. Let me just preface that. This isn't a unique thing, but I'm going to talk about it anyway and just share my opinion. Baseball really is in a great spot right now when it comes to talent. 
because a lot of the best players in today's game are the youngest players. Tatis, Soto, Acuna, Vlad Jr., you know, even Bo Bichette, who, who, who's really fun in my opinion. There's so many young, great talent. And then even the little bit older talent, you've got Shohei Otani doing what he's doing. You've still got Mike Trout, who hasn't played this yet. That's the only reason why we're not talking about him. And you've still got all these excellent – Jose Ramirez, uh, Matt Olson, uh, just Aaron Judge. like it's And Joey Gallo, who, by the way, was officially uh, put out today in the New York Post uh, that the Padres and – Yankees are reportedly very interested in Joey Gallo, which no surprise there. Those are the only two teams that I think have been rumored for him lately. It feels like not that they're only the only ones that could trade for him, but the Padres definitely have the advantage there. I'd be I'd be much I'd be very surprised that if Joey Gallo gets dealt, that it's the Yankees because what the heck do the Yankees have to offer Miguel and Duhar and Clint Frazier and Aaron Boone and like a, a bag of potato chips? Like they don't really have much. So, um, but just just back to the All Star game, it's definitely not a lack of talent that is resulting in baseball potentially losing relevance. It's just not. It's just objectively not. Whenever you watch these guys, you're like, these guys are great. The question is going to be, how much are they allowed to be themselves? How much is baseball going to market them? Hey, for the record, uh, CC Sabathia and his autobiography talked about this a little bit. You know, I know some people don't get uh, happy when I bring up politics necessarily on this sport, but this is important. So too bad. Uh, he wrote this article, not wrote, but it was an excerpt that was on the Undefeated, talking about kind of this, this culture problem in baseball. And how black players are made to play the quote-unquote like the right way. And you know what I mean? All that stuff. And you go look back at stuff like Ken Griffey Jr. How when he came up from the minors, they were like, hey, we don't do that here. And it's like, oh, what? What was he doing? Like kind of acting like a little bit of a... No, it was he wore his cap backwards. Really? So that just emphasizes how much baseball needs a culture change. And I do like that. I think Tatis, Otani, uh, Soto, like I think all these guys are really kind of the, the face of that. It's a shame that uh, Acuna is hurt right now, but I really think that baseball is in a good spot in terms of its talent pool uh, for sure. The question is whether or not they can you know, do well off of it. And uh, before we, we get into the rest of my all-star thoughts, including a controversial take that I have that I just thought of that I think we should talk about real quick, as well as some other things and then the sad boy hour, uh, let me talk to you guys about freshly stressed, tired, just don't feel like cooking, food that's fast, doesn't have to be fast food. Freshly offers quality meals without the hard work of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. Freshly offers chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered directly to your door. No cooking required. It's great. You just have to visit Freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you meals like steak popcorn, sausage, baked penne, or their chicken pesto bowl. Oh, if you're not getting hungry right now, that, that's, that subject's just wrong with you. Your meals are always delivered fresh, never frozen, are ready to heat and enjoy and lust and enjoy and, and just be it absolutely head over heels for in just three minutes, guys. With new meals added each week, Freshly brings the convenience of chef-made nutritionist design classics right to your kitchen. Right now, Freshly is offering our listeners, that's right, you guys that are listening to this right now, $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash locked on. Stop stressing about dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash locked on. $40 off your first two orders. And now, guys, I want to talk to you really quickly about Green Room. 
Green Room. This episode is brought to you by Green Room, guys. It is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. Once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders. You know, Mark Stein is on there every now and then. People from The Ringer are on there every now and then uh, in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for Lockdown Padres once a week. That's right, all season long, all season long. Uh, and it's great, guys. I love the accessibility. You just download the app and you can just join rooms and just talk. You know, if some people, you know, it's kind of like a Twitch stream. You're watching these games live. Well, you don't have to worry about, you know, having the perfect equipment. Just download the app on your phone and you're good. Be sure to join me this weekend. I don't know which day just yet. I think it's going to be Saturday. That's the vibe I'm getting right now. I think Saturday is going to be my day uh, and we'll be, re- we'll be watching uh, together. At 7.05 p.m. Eastern Time, the game between the Padres and the Nationals. Probably going to talk about that for a little bit. Maybe Josh Neighbors of Locked On Nets will join us. But guys, that's it. That's all you have to know. Go download the free Green Room app now. Currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me on there at Javier Reyes, J-A-V-I-E-R-R-E-Y-E-S, and you'll be notified when my room goes live. Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. And now, guys, let's continue on with the All-Star Talk. Let's continue on, guys. And I only have a couple more thoughts. It's actually three things I want to talk about. Two of them All-Star and one of them just general stuff that kind of occurred yesterday. That I, I got some beef. I got some beef. I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a beefy mood today, guys. So let's talk about it, all right? One thing I want to mention, I thought that the player mic'd up interviews were a little disappointing, just a little bit. Uh, Tatis, when he was at the plate, and here's the thing, here's the thing. I think there was a difference, considerable difference, when you saw guys in the field that were mic'd up versus guys that are at the plate. Like, Tatis barely said a word. Xander Bogarts didn't say a single word. And and by the way, I'm not blaming these guys. Like, it's hard to be focused on both things like that. And there were some highlights. Like, I enjoyed Freddie Freeman. I very much enjoyed Liam Hendricks. Whoever uh, decided to mic up Liam Hendricks dropping (laughs) F-bobs on the live broadcast uh, deserves a raise, uh, I I think. That was just just remarkable stuff. Don't get me wrong. They're fun every now and then. They are good, but I've noticed that, especially when they're batting, not quite the same. Although it does deliver a couple of nice moments. And in general, I appreciate the attempt. Let's not, like, bash MLB for being like, what are you guys doing? These, These interviews are dumb and all this stuff. The mic'd up things are done. Well, bottom line is baseball needs to just try stuff to try and get guys to speak. Are they always going to? No. And also, shouts to Shohei Atani, clearly understanding some of the questions that were being presented by Joe Buck, just in the whole English thing. And it was really cool. Otani's awesome. Otani's awesome. And I thought it was so great to see him smiling and everything. And it was just great to see all these guys. The next thing is my controversial take. So my controversial take, which I am not going to like die on a hill for. Let me be very, very clear. But I'm wondering, are we sure... The All-Star game, not having the deciding home field advantage is good anymore. Like, and, and here's my thing. Here's my argument. Look, be clear. I fully, fully anticipate people disagree with me on this. I know it's an exhibition game. But for a sport that's that needs different things, that needs ideas that draw interest to it, that need ideas that just make it stand out more amongst the crowd and just the content in general. That's my other theory is that uh, it's not that kids' attention spans are smaller. They're definitely smaller than new generation. But it's also like, hey, man, why do I want to watch the Padres play the Diamondbacks for the fifth time this year when I could go watch Dave or I can watch the new season of Ted Lasso right now? You know what I mean? Or I can watch any movie right now or any streaming or I can play video games right now. I can watch other people play video games. I can watch reviews on video games that I don't have much money to buy. There's just too much like content, you know what I mean, in general, thanks to technology. So that's that's just been a theory of mine that I think gets overlooked when we talk about the new generation and why baseball declines and stuff. I think sports across everything are declining. The Oscars ratings are going down. No, it's not because of politics. 
I imagine there are some people who don't like the politics of many things, and they stop tuning in. But it's not enough to cause that much, much big of a discrepancy, guys. That's a little bit of a myth. Uh, a myth, I mean. Just go look up pieces by like Mina Kimes on ESPN, breaking that down. Um, but it definitely it shows that people are just not watching TV as much. And I think that the All Star Game. I'm not saying it needs this. But I kind of liked being like, okay, this game really matters. Now, don't get me wrong. Saying that is also blasphemous because my team is in the National League since I just started off the podcast talking about how they lose every time. Maybe that's why the, the NL, maybe this is a National League thing, why they wanted the All-Star game to stop counting for home field advantage. But my other thing is, like, it's not like home field advantage is always the be-all and end-all. It's very important. Don't get me wrong. But, hey, last year's World Series, I'm pretty sure they, or did they win in LA? I forgot if the Dodgers won in LA. Eh, whatever. I don't care to look it up. Screw the Dodgers. But, like, I just don't think it's a be-all and end-all as much as it might have used to be back in the day. And, I don't know, I just think it adds a little bit of a layer of, like, this really matters. You know what I mean? And it makes it different than the other sports leagues, where it matters, at least. It's just a unique thing that they could say, hey, all our All-Star game actually has a consequence. You know what I mean? I wanna, I'm want. i just curious about what your guys' thoughts are. Um, it's not something that i die on a hill for, but felt like I should get it off my chest and just say that I actually think it was kind of fun being like, oh man, are the Yankees, are the, the Red Sox going to have home field advantage? Please. Yeah, seriously. When the Yankees have been bad before, so like this year, I was like, oh, please. For example, like say there was home field advantage, I'd be like, please don't let the American League win. I don't want to have give the chance that the Red Sox are in the World Series of home field advantage, right? But um, moving on now to a take that I will kind of die on the hill for. Uh, it was reported that Rob Manford basically talked about that the extra innings rule, the whole ghost runner on second and the seven inning double headers are unlikely to return next year. I think that's baloney. I really do. I really do. And I'm going to tell you why guys, it's kind of similar to why, uh, I don't particularly like the all-star game stuff, but, uh, I'm going to tell you why guys after a quick second, I need to talk to you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bars in all the lands, ladies and gentlemen. And you know why that is? Because they've got all sorts of flavors. They've got everything from coconut to a new grasshopper cookie, which is kind of like the classic Thin Mint cookie uh, version of a of Built Bar. Uh, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, double chocolate. They have all sorts of flavors, and they have all different limited time flavors that are dropping every now and then, like that aforementioned grasshopper cookie. And best of all, they are protein bars, which means they are healthy for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. So what are you guys waiting for? Guys, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Remember that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, guys. Now we're back. Sorry for being really mean with my tease. I was about to get into it, but uh, let, let's just let's just keep going. That, that was really mean for me not to finish that uh, discussion before getting into an ad break. But uh, going to talk a whole bunch here at the end of the podcast, guys. So here we go. My thing with the the runner on second and the extra innings rule. I understand that in theory it's a little bit annoying that you have this small ball thing and you're like, all you have to do is get a bunt and then a pop fly and then you can win. Okay, I get that. And to a degree, I get the the doubleheader thing. But here's my counter that. There are 162 games. Think about that for one moment. God forbid we just make the game a little bit different. You need to have something where, look, you've been watching. Guys, Padres games, I'm watching. I'm up until, maybe this is because I'm up really late and I get annoyed, but it's like I'm up until 1.30. These these games are lasting like three and a half hours, four hours. You really going to mind that much that if it heads into extras, this isn't something guaranteed, by the way. 
In fact, most games don't head into extra innings. That's how baseball and sports work. Overtime is a rare thing. Is it really that big of a deal if we have something that makes it different than the previous three and a half hours we'd already been watching? In my opinion, no. And I often find that baseball fans, even the most progressive of ones, I'm not talking about personal politics. I'm just talking about people who want like the, the game to change and the game to like have different rule sets and all that stuff, right? Even them, they're always like, yeah, we want new rules and make baseball better than that. And then as soon as baseball tries anything, they, they, they're like, no, 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 but not that. It's like, well, often guys change when you're reticent to change. Uh, there's a good chance that when you actually just experience it, you're like, oh, this isn't that bad. There were people once upon a time complaining about the challenge. Ladies and gentlemen, and I don't mean how baseball handles replay, by the way. I'm not talking about how they still somehow get it wrong, but just the idea of implementing replay because it takes out the human element. You know, after Galarraga's perfect game was spoiled, that was, in my opinion, like kind of the catalyst that really began the the unfolding of that where we started adding replay. Guess how many people were complaining about the length? This was a big issue. People were like, oh, it's going to take too long. I didn't see people complaining about the length of replay for like maybe two weeks after it. Nobody was complaining. Not a single soul. Not a single soul. Other than the Michael K's of the world and the old, you know, kind of farts that are always complaining about literally everything and still think that you should be hitting guys with baseballs if they wink at you when they're at the plate, right? So that's just my opinion on that. And the double headers, my thing is like, you guys really want to watch like eight hours of baseball? Is that really killing you? Make it unique. Make it be like, oh, today it's only two seven-inning games. It adds a new dimension. And just by factor of adding a new dimension to the game when the season is already super long, I think should be welcomed. It should be embraced. Heck, you know how in the home run derby they have that three-swing uh, swing-off? That I, I Now, I think that, that would make the game actually a little bit longer, but like just stuff like that to make it different. Make each round interesting. In the playoffs... I actually don't think you need any intrigue for the playoffs. I think that having it completely empty is perfectly fine. I, I really do. I don't think you have to accelerate the playoffs. Everybody who's tuning in, everyone I know who doesn't even like baseball playoffs, they love that stuff. So that's kind of my main thing. I just think the season is so long, it's okay if you have a little bit of a thing that happens that makes it different when you get into uh, overtime slash, in this case, extra innings. And now, guys, I've already talked a lot, so I'm going to quickly talk about my sad boy stuff. Look, I'm not going to lie. I added a lot of things kind of um, at the last second. I guess I just got ahead of myself, but we're already like, you know, 22 minutes into this podcast, probably more with the ads. Uh, so we're just going to really quickly talk about some of the sad moments about this Padres first half of the season. And I think a lot of them are pretty self-explanatory. Um, in my opinion, I think that early on in the year, it started with just the way our offense was really struggling, the way Manny Machado wasn't hitting all that way, um, that well, I mean, and, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr. started off really slow, too, and that wasn't great, and then you had his injury, which, again, looking back, it was a the, the darkest moment of the season by far, but at the same time, it was really cool that he came back and hit that home run immediately against the Dodgers, so he's healthy, and that's okay, at least for now, we'll see about whether or not he gets a surgery in the future, but, um, you know, do you guys remember when Adrian Marajon went down? That was really rough, Javi Guerrero, Keone Kella, like, there'd been some injuries, There'd been some injuries this first half, and I'd argue one of the ones that actually gets forgotten a bunch is Austin Nola. Austin Nola has barely played this year for the Padres. 
In fact, only 18 games, 217 batting average, and a 373 on base, which is impressive. Uh, he hadn't been doing that much, but I think as a hitter, he has more of an upside than Victor Caratini. I know that Victor Caratini has been fine, and even when they put in Webster Rivas, like, it's fine. The strength of this team isn't going to be the catching position. But still, like, that's an unfortunate thing. We also lost Drew Pomeranz for a while. I know he just came back, but that was very sad. But for me, the biggest sad boy things, there's three. There's three sad things that have happened with the Padres this year. And in a year, by the way, let me just stretch, guys. It's still 53 and 40. It's okay. <laughs> I know losing against the Rockies is annoying, but it's okay. This national series, I'm going to sweep them. Calling it right now, guys. I don't care if we're at Nationals Park. I'm going to sweep them. And then everyone's going to, and then we're going to win three out of four against the Marlins. And then we might drop like one against the Braves. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm calling it right now. Or we'll split against the Nationals. One of those two things will happen. But anyway. The three biggest sad boy things that's happened so far uh, for this first half of the season wasn't Manny Machado's slow start. It was a little bit of the fact that Trent Grisham couldn't play a lot. But the biggest things to me, number one, is Blake Snell, who I get a question about all the time. And I'm not saying I'm sick of it or anything, but that man turns me into the Joker. That man turns me into the Joker because it is so frustrating to see a guy that, granted, I know there were some 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 red flags. I get it. Some people said he peaked, actually, and that the Rays sold him at the right time. Agreed. I 100% get that. But to go from an ERA of 3.24 to 4.99 and be one of the worst, like, number two pitchers in the league, I, I think that that was just a bit much. He's not getting guys to miss. And it doesn't look like he throws bad pitches. His The eye test on his off-speed stuff, all his curve and sinker and all that stuff— Whatever his off-speed stuff is, the eye test doesn't look bad. It doesn't look like he's, like, missing his spots. You know what I mean? It looks like he misses his spots with his fastball, for sure. And the, the vertical movement on it is less than be desired, for, for, for sure. But it's not like he's missing his spots. Just guys are just not swinging at it. I think that there's a potential possibility that they figured out Snell and that they know to just sit on the anything off-speed and just wait for that fastball to come in because it's obvious. Could he be tipping pitches? I don't know. But bottom line, huge disappointment from Blake Snell. I'm hoping that he improves because let me tell you, we did give up Luis Patino and um, Wilcox for him. So we did, did give up a hefty price for him. But it is very frustrating. It's frustrating because a lot of people are praising the Rays front office yet again. And why that bothers me is because the Rays front office is great and brilliant. But win a World Series before us, before we start praising a team that basically every year is like we don't want to spend on literally anybody. Anybody. Imagine what they would be like if they spent on one dude. Imagine that, guys. Imagine if they were like, we're going to bring in George Springer. Imagine that. So I, I just the Rays sicken me a, a lot of times. Even though I do love their fan base and their players a lot, a lot of times. Um, the second thing is uh, also has to do with what turned me into a sad boy, and that is the sweep against the Rockies when we got swept, which featured that seven-run disaster from Blake Snell when he gave up seven runs and three and a thirds innings on nine hits, uh, only struck out one. Every single thing Rockies hitters were just teeing off on. That sweep was disastrous. Granted, there was a happy moment with it when I went Joker mode. Uh, that Locked On Now video that I did, I said, "See, this is how crazy Blake Snell has made the Padres." Uh, you know, you want order. Well, Blake Snell must take off his mask and show us all who he really is. Because every day he does it, the Padres will die. <laughs> I'm a man of my word. You know that whole dub thing. Sorry if I. Hey. Let me know if you think my Joker impression is good. I know people think it's funny. Um, what can I say? Um, that was really a nightmare. That was really a nightmare. But it was it was a nightmare because of what it said about Blake Snell versus what I thought it said about the future of this team's prospects. They had been playing really poorly. They hadn't been playing elite. And I still think they've got – they're slightly below elite, 
uh, elite tier of teams right now. But bottom line is it was just getting swept by the Rockies was bad. And then my number one sad boy thing, number one, believe it or not, it's not Eric Hosmer for me. I know that that's the one for a lot of Padres fans, but I expected it from Eric Hosmer because I don't really care about Eric Hosmer. I've never found him that exciting as a player or personality or whatever. And I was like, he's not good. He's not good. So him regressing like this, it's a tiny bit of a surprise just because his launch angle looks like he had it actually for once adapted his swing last year. But granted, it was only 30-game sample size, so I'm not surprised that he decided to be, uh, I guess, this stubborn batter. You know what I mean? That just went back to hitting everything on the ground. The thing for me that's number one is Fernando Tatis Jr.'s defense. And the reason why is not because it concerns me, but just because it started all this dumb discourse about Tatis being the worst defender and my boy Miller Thomas of Lockdown Diamondbacks calling him a joke as a defender and that he's James Harden, which is like the biggest insult I've ever heard anyone call Fernando Tatis Jr., even worse than saying overrated, where it's like, bro, and there was a stat on it, made 15 errors or whatever, 13 errors in, uh, I think it was 14 or 15 errors in his first 30 games and then made four errors in 30 games. Like, he's, he's going to be fine. But for me, it was just the fact that he opened the doors to the criticism there, and it kind of came out of nowhere, especially considering his defense was so good last year. So it's that it's not a firm number one for me for sad boy moments, but I think the Rockies thing is close because it literally uh, set me into a spiral for at least a day. Uh, it, it, was, it was unfortunate. So those are really all the things plaguing the Padres for the first half, but think about that. Think about how excited I was talking on yesterday's podcast about all the good things, about the, the game against the Astros, about the no-hitter, about Trent Grisham being lovely, about Tatis being a god amongst men, about you Darvish being lovely, the bullpen, the offense really heating up. There's so much good, guys. Don't panic. Don't panic. It is more, and I will keep saying this, it is more that the Giants have been playing above expectations than the Padres playing below them. I'm telling you that's what's happening. And remember, we've actually played pretty decent against the Giants. It's okay, guys. It's okay. There's still been so many glorious moments. So many glorious moments. This is the best team they might they might have had in franchise history. Don't forget that. Guys, today on the Lockdown Today podcast is Kawhi Leonard's time in L.A. over. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast, guys. Peter Bukowski does a great job with that show. And in terms of the future of this show, tomorrow we're going to be talking with Gabrielle Starr, uh, formerly of Locked On Red Sox. Just some of our impressions about the first half of the season, what it's like watching baseball. I'm probably going to ask her about what it was like going to a baseball game in person for the first time in a while. That should be a lot of fun. Probably will leak into Friday's chat, too. And I don't know what else I'll do on Friday. But it'll be a good one. I promise. It'll be good. Maybe I'll have another guest on. Who knows? Uh, so that should be a lot of fun, guys. Um, I've also got a piece coming out for Just Baseball probably soon, probably today uh, or tomorrow. It depends on when you guys have listened to this. Uh, it isn't published yet, so I won't have the link in the description. I'll talk about it tomorrow, too. Um, but I wrote about Kevin Gosman, uh, believe it or not, division rival, and why he's been one of my favorite stories uh, in baseball uh, in the past like couple years. Believe it or not, yeah. So that's going to be a little bit of a controversial take for some of you guys to hear, but I wrote about it. Hopefully you guys like it, uh, and I'll link it to it tomorrow. Uh, and I might even link to my piece coming out in Inverse about video game weapons tomorrow, just in case you guys are curious. What the heck? But with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. 
ever. Be sure to send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. I'd greatly appreciate that. Might start running back up the whole program of if you send me a five-star review and a question that I'll guarantee to answer. It might start running that back up because I want some more five-star ratings, ladies and gentlemen. Makes me happy. Makes me real, real happy. Uh, be sure to follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.